for real. Oh, really? That's how you feel. And the guys be like, asking all them questions. How was your day? We're glad you're with us. Tell your Lundquist, Ryan Eldridge. Uh, boy, how about, how about a, the first misinterpreted special? Of the season, uh, upcoming NFL draft later on. And our on. first week with two episodes. First week with two episodes. First week with mo- multiple posts onto the Instagram as well. Follow at Misinterpreted Podcast. Please, yeah. Um, this will be coming out Thursday morning, trying to get you guys uh, ready and prepared for the NFL draft. A lot of things going on, obviously. Carolina jumps up to the top of the board to have the number one pick. Bears all the way down on the board uh, to number nine. So, Already some movement. I think there's going to be more up into the top five. Some teams reaching forward potentially for a quarterback. We're going to dive all into it. Um, we're going to start first, Ryan, with the number one overall pick, Carolina Panthers. This is interesting to me because they've had you know quarterback struggles in the past. Obviously, we expect them to go quarterback, but at the same time, you know, there's a system play kind of like build your roster first and then get a plug-and-play quarterback. We've seen that work for the Patriots in the past. 49ers just did it with pretty much everyone in their roster with Jimmy G, uh, Trey Lance, uh, uh, Brock Purdy, so pretty much everyone doing it. Why do you think Carolina goes out of their way to get a quarterback early rather than building their roster early or, or earlier rather and then just kind of picking up a quarterback as it comes along? The most important position in football is quarterback. And we've seen, uh, you know, Russell Wilson is a great example. Patrick Mahomes is a great example where he just absolutely turned that team around in, in Kansas City. And I think as long as you have your quarterback, you have hope. You can win a few games. You can get people in their seats as well from an owner perspective. And this year in particular, there's no shortage of talent going around like the fourth quarterback on the draft boards, Anthony Richardson, might be the most exciting as well. So yeah. I think there's a lot of options, and this year in particular is, especially if you're a struggling franchise at the Panthers for so many years, you want to get back to that Cam Newton era, and you want to find that next great quarterback. And I think one of these four quarterbacks that we have at the top might be their guy. I think, I think the best quarterback in the draft... I know previously I've said C.J. Stroud, but... You're not going C.J. Stroud this time. I'm not going C.J. Stroud as my number one prospect. I also don't think the Panthers go out of their way to get him. Uh, I think the best quarterback in this class is Anthony Richardson. I really do. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Because you... We've talked about this on the mic and just off the mic as well, just talking with each other. You used to not be a big fan of him. What changed? I think he's an absolute stud. And so so the biggest thing that my biggest downfall for him was I don't I didn't think he was a smart enough decision maker. Um I didn't think that he would be a good enough character in the locker room and, and whatnot, which really is kind of what Carolina needs. They need like a big leader. And the more I've researched Anthony Richardson, the more I believe that he is that guy. They give a test every single year. I can't I'm the blanking. Wonderlic. Yes, the Wonderlick. They give a test every year. He was top four quarterbacks in it. It was Bryce Young at number one, Anthony Richardson in the top four, Fresno State guy, former UW-Washington Husky. Helm now. Um, He's in there, and then I can't remember the other guy. But Anthony Richardson, the fact that he's up there in the top percentile, that shows a lot for me. The fact that he can actually go out there and make good decisions. He's got good character. And you know where C.J. Stroud was? 
Where? In the 18th percentile Ooh. of anyone to ever take the test. And for quarterbacks, that's probably, you know, he's probably lower on that list as well. Because quarter- I remember seeing it, quarterback obviously scored the highest out of any other position group. So I and and everyone's talking about Anthony Richardson's ceiling. I think, you know, if you're a team, I, I mentioned kind of the the plug and play type. I wouldn't be all that surprised if a team jumps up the board and tries to pull him, you know, top five, top six, something like that, uh, and, and move up the board. A team that's pretty much already ready, like they've been in the postseason. Um, you know, I think of teams like the Vikings. I think of teams like. The Saints, you know, they have they have organizations that can and and teams and defensives and playmakers that can you know get you to the playoffs. And all you really need is that quarterback to get you over the edge. I think Anthony Richardson could potentially be that that plug and play kind of guy a year in. I think I think he's good enough where you can take him early, wait a year behind a veteran quarterback. I'm thinking like Kirk Cousins, for example, and you could just you know go ahead. Take that early pick, you know, sure, you give up probably three first rounds or like two first rounds and a good player or a couple seconds or something, but I feel like a team's going to shoot up there early and take the take the chance on him. I'm glad you turned around. We talk A lot of the critics talk about Anthony Richardson's performance at Florida in his only year as a quarterback. They talk about his inexperience. But you look at Billy Napier's offense down there in Gainesville, it's a lot of deep passes. Exactly, like they, yes. He, he doesn't throw underneath yes. like a – you know, obviously, like an NFL example would be like Tom Brady throwing quick slant passes underneath uh, five, seven, you know, yard routes. Um, so obviously, that percentage is going to be much lower, um, and he doesn't really quite have the players around him at Florida like a guy like C.J. Stroud does, even Bryce Young. You know, a year, two years ago. Um, but I, like you said, I think he's the type of quarterback where he only played one full year at Florida, where he. And you said this, and I'm just going to reiterate it, is that he would really benefit being behind, like you said, a veteran quarterback. And I think, I don't think the Seahawks take him, but he is right in that prime spot, number mm-hmm. five, where he could be taken. And I think Geno Smith is the perfect veteran quarterback who has been everywhere in the league, has faced a lot of failures and turned that into success, and a great locker room guy as well. And I think he could be the perfect mentor for a guy like Richardson. I think Kirk Cousins is another great guy, maybe like a Derek Carr um, even after that extension, but you can't just plug and play him into a team like, uh, you know, like Carolina, like Atlanta. They have has, so much more work to do. Exactly. Yeah. Where, where you don't have playmakers and you don't really have a coach that knows what they're doing on the offensive end. Um, because we see this with a lot of talents and that get drafted first overall, um, you know, top 10 as well. We see that saw this with Trevor Lawrence, where he struggled for the first two years. Um, a guy like Anthony Richardson that hasn't seen that much success throughout his career will struggle going into NFL offenses. I think the biggest thing that I've like learned about offenses and quarterbacks is obviously like smaller profile statured quarterbacks have gotten the job done in the past. Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, that that kind of falls into the group of Bryce Young, but they need an offensive line. Why did Russell Wilson have to scramble so much in his first few years? You need to change your scheme as well. Completely. You can't go short routes. You need a good offensive line, especially with the fact that I just learned about it, but smaller quarterbacks take take deeper drops. 
Like, they need to be able to see more of the field because yeah. up close they can't. And that's less and time in the pocket, obviously. A lot less time. So if you have a guy that's, you know, bigger in stature, has a great arm, good decision-making, kind of more of a power quarterback, Anthony Richardson is that. Like, you don't have to have the best offensive line to protect him, a player like Bryce Young. All that being said, I still think Bryce Young's going one. I still think the Panthers go out of their way to get Bryce Young. I think he's going to struggle, uh, but... I don't know. Anthony Richardson is still my top quarterback. We'll talk about Bryce Young in just a second, but I want to kind of pivot to another quarterback with an excellent ceiling but with a lot of question marks is Will Levis. Yeah. And I think with both Levis and Richardson, you're drafting on potential. And in in my eyes, if you're drafting on potential, there's no reason why you would take Levis over Richardson. I would agree. Other than yeah. that he has the intangibles and he's white. <laughs> Obviously, that's for, a huge factor. If you're huge looking factor. for that pure pocket passer, Will Levis might be your guy, but in this day and age, the ability to run is absolutely necessary to succeed. Yeah, I think, you know, I think Anthony Richardson goes top five, top six. I think Levis goes like 20. I think, oh, I don't, I don't know about that. There's a lot of QB hungry teams in the top 10, top 15. Especially, you know, you see these guys fall like Stroud, Young, Richardson, potentially in the first five. If you aren't able to get Levis, then you're down to Hayner, who, you know, I don't know how comfortable some teams feel about him, but the general consensus is that he's outside of that first two tiers of quarterbacks, right? So I actually see a team taking a reach on Will Levis, and ultimately, from what I see now, I don't see that going very well. I just don't I don't know why you would take the chance. Like if you're enough on the cusp, you can get through another year, potentially have another another next good draft pick next year. Next That's exactly why. Like why why would you go ahead and reach for such a question mark like Will Levis in a system where he would probably have to start early on? Why would you go do that rather than get a great playmaker on the defensive end or or uh, uh, get a great offensive lineman? and then wait for another good quarterback. Because I just think Will Levis, honestly, is a waste pick. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And, um, you know, kind of on your point, you know, I had a very good thought in my head and just completely went away because <laughs> I thought the Kraken had an open that goal there. <laughs> it was so close. It was about a foot away. Um, but, but uh, you, no. you know, like you said, he's going to be going into a, a team where he's going to have to be slotted in as a project. Um, and I think we see teams that don't draft quarterback. We saw that with, um, you know, the, the, the Jaguars went ahead and got pieces around Trevor Lawrence after yep. a couple of years, obviously yep. they got the quarterback early, but now we see them having success in the playoffs. And I think they're going to be dominant throughout that AFC South. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they win it. Honestly, the Jaguars are kind of fueling up. I'm a huge yeah. fan of I'm huge high on the Jaguars, huge high on Daniel Jones and the Giants, always. Yeah. But you were asking me the question, like, over, under, three and a half quarterbacks in the top ten. I'm taking under. You're taking under. I'm, I'm taking, taking over all day. Friendly wager, $10 even. I know. Put it there. Sure. Why not? And I, I just think someone takes a, you know, takes a gamble on Levis. But the thing is, it's like, this might seem like a defeatist attitude, but us as... I wouldn't call this analysis, but, you know, real sports writers making picks on mock drafts. We see Vegas making their picks. It, it doesn't really matter because we don't know what is on each GM's board. 
Right? Uh, yeah, so of course, at, yeah. At the end, you know, like no one's going to give that out. So at the end of the day, I think one of these teams, we see Carolina, Houston, Indianapolis, Atlanta, uh, you know, Las Vegas, even the Titans up there in the top 11, New England as well. They might want to pivot as well for Mac Jones. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we got a lot of teams that really want QB. So, I, you know, Chicago is a great trade-up spot for Levis. I think Arizona. That's interesting to me. Why Why do you think Chicago would go get Levis when they're so happy with Justin Fields? No, I, I'm saying someone would trade up with the Chicago Oh, spot I got to that, to that to, nine. To, to get Levis. Okay. Even Arizona, if you want Richardson or Levis there. Um, you know, the Titans might be one of those teams. New England might be one of those teams as well. Maybe, you know, like I said, I think New Orleans needs a new QB, but they just gave you know, Derek Carr a huge, huge extension. I don't know. I, we talked about it. We don't like it. No, I hate it. Absolutely hate it. Um, word, word around the street, though, is that oh, we'll get to you in a second. Is that Houston, with a new coaching staff, might not actually go QB, and then might go best available? Hey, we're on the same page. That was my transition. Oh, right on. I think Will Anderson is an absolute lock at two. Absolute lock. There's no reason that they go ahead and, and get a quarterback in, in in their spot. Like Davis Mills can get the job done for now. Yeah. It's fine. You know they can build that. That, that this is system. a Texans fan base that is used to failure. Like like another year of it will not hurt. You know hurt their feelings exactly. And and that's that system I'm talking about. Like build around, get the plug and play quarterback. Even in a year's time, you're you're gonna have great options because you're still gonna be bad. You're still gonna be bad. You're still gonna have a pretty good draft pick and a and a great chance. You know even if they have to trade up and, and go get one of the best guys coming out next year, Michael Penix, obviously. Of course, but um. Yeah, I think Anderson like goes too. I don't think there's any way Houston goes any other direction. Like, there's been a lot of talk about Levis at two, but mm, no, no, I think it's too soon. So, uh, think, uh, but Levis though, his Vegas odds insane. Now, I know. I think plus four thousand to plus four hundred. I, I fully believe. Nuts. I fully believe. I fully believe that's off of a falsified tweet. There was a probably guy right. that tweeted out Levis right. guarantee it too. You're probably right. You're probably right. And and people are putting huge money on Levis there. No. Hey, you talked about Will Anderson as as you know one of the best D linemen in this draft, and obviously people are naming him as a generational talent. This is a very deep edge and defensive tackle oh, yeah. draft this year. So I put a number out there. I was I think three and a half over under. Once again, like quarterbacks over under three and a half defensive linemen taking in the first 10 picks first 10 Oof. what what do you what do you like there like the over you like the under i think it's a good line i think it it's a is, no you it is a really good line um trying to think of so i've got three quarterbacks going top 10 if you throw in wide receiver certainly does not break top 10 no, no chance no. i don't think Bijan robinson goes top 10 i don't he's, think he's interesting for sure he's very interesting and I when was the last time a running back was picked in even the top twenty? I think the like, last time was Saquon. I think it was Saquon. Well, right, I, but outside of him, there's been like one top yeah. twenty pick in the last I don't know five six years. We're getting a little off topic here, but I, I truly think that Bijan Robinson's a guy that from day one could be a top ten running back in the league if he's in the right scheme. You know, he's already projected to be a top five fantasy running back next year. Really? Yeah. Regardless of where he goes, team. no, no, no question. But <laughs> that's crazy. I'm baffled by that. Like Saquon was the number one or number two, I believe, behind either Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey the year that he came out, and he played pretty well. But 
And he got injured. Yeah. So I don't know, B. John. Yeah, I don't know. Back on the topic of defense. So, yeah. So to answer your question, uh, three and a half, uh, I would probably, I'd probably go over. I'd probably go over in the top ten. You got Anderson, you got Carter, and you got Wilson. Uh, and I think just another one squeaks in there. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I think, I think whatever team takes Nolan Smith is getting a huge steal. Huge. Oh my and gosh. He, he, he projects well. He, you know, had great scores at the combine. The only, you know, fault with him was that he was injured the right. whole past year, but we saw how he was able to lead that defense from the sidelines. It's he's already such a great leader and he will be a great leader as a rookie. Completely agree. Won two national championships, won pretty much as a coach. Mm-hmm. And he has a leadership with him. He has that winning mentality with him. Can absolutely beat any offensive tackle off the edge. Mm-hmm. I think whatever team gets, gets Nolan Smith, huge for him. Do you think he goes outside top 10, though? I, I think he does, ultimately. Mm. I don't think he should. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so... Do you have anyone who you think is going to fall more than people expect? I have obviously stated my case for Will Levis. I think he's awful. But um, I, I think C.J. Stroud goes top five. I think he probably goes to Indy. Right. Uh, I think they're going to struggle with him in the first year or two. Um, but like biggest biggest faller, I'd say Will Levis. Sure. I, I don't think Jalen Carter falls a lot more than people think. I think... If he's available for the Seahawks, if Anthony Richards somehow goes top four and the Seahawks don't feel like that five spot is right for him, I think Jalen Carter, if he's available, they absolutely have to go there. So if if I pose a question for you, if you have Tyree Wilson and Jalen Carter available at five as the Seahawks, who would you who do you take? I'd probably go with Carter. Interesting. I I, I, I mean. It's it's really weird though because the Seahawks have have been so bad on the edge, and like Carter's going to be an interior guy for sure. And Seahawks have actually been able to go out and get interior guys that like Puna Ford, whoever really heard of him, and then he just goes out and and like had a Pro Bowl almost uh, uh, season. But I just think you got to start in the middle. I'm. I'm I'm biased towards the trenches, like right. inside, and, and, and that definitely does fix kind of the run defense issues. Mm-hmm. The C- Seattle Seahawks were 31st in run defense yeah. last year, um, but the more I look at Tyree Wilson's tape, the yeah. more I absolutely love him. This is a guy that I want to call him a jack of all trades, like a Swiss Army knife, but that doesn't do him justice because he a jack of all trades implies that you can play multiple positions semi well. Mm-hmm. He can play four or five positions on that defensive line at an elite level. He's a guy that can go between the center center and the guard and get at the quarterback or stop a run. He's a guy that can get at the quarterback from the edge. And he's a guy that can even from the edge go out into coverage as well. He did it all at Texas tech. I think if you're comparing him to Will Anderson, Will Anderson's a guy that, you know, Will Anderson's your guy that will get to the quarterback four or five times a game. Yeah. And with maybe one or two sacks if he's lucky. But if you're looking for a guy that is able to do more than that and maybe not get to the quarterback as much, I think Tyree Wilson might be the better player, especially given the scheme. And I think looking at the Seahawks, like that's typically what they go for. Like they want a a, a D end who could potentially drop into coverage. And Wilson's going to do that, I think, better than Anderson. So I agree with you there. Um, Would you go 
Wilson at five if Carter's still on the board? I think so, and I think also knowing the Seahawks. With or, you know, the with, trade down. <laughs> <laughs> trade down. Trade down for five fifth-round picks. Yep. But knowing S- Seattle in particular with Pete Carroll being a very old-school coach, um, you know, I-, I feel like they care more about character issues than a mm-hmm. lot of other teams. And I-, I don't know how they feel about Carter, but as it stands, the reason that he's falling is because of character issues only. So do you think that <laughs> – here's the question on Jalen Carter – that that bounces off exactly what you said. Do you think he's young and dumb, or do you think he's just dumb? I think he's dumb, dude. <laughs> that that was a multi million dollar mistake. <laughs> yeah. He he lost five million dollars at least from yeah. that just based on signing bonus. Yeah. It's I, obviously you and me have never been in that position where we were on a national level looking to get drafted in the top five. You but, weren't. Oh yeah, you, well you got yeah, hurt. You I, got, I got hurt. hurt. My 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 uh, yeah, the knees. Toe, my pinky toe. <laughs> <laughs> the knees gave out exactly. after eight yeah, years my, of catching. My pinky toe wasn't great. Yeah, my, my I, I did a squat today and my knees were not really cracking. Oh yeah. Oh brother. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. I could barely stand up. I I, I, ran, I ran way too far the other day and I'm still down and out. Yeah, but but all my point is like if you are projected in like a top five spot, we saw this with Laramie Tunzel yeah. as well. It's like I feel like you go gym. You go back home, you play Madden, rinse and repeat every day. And I know that's not a glamorous life. You're looking to, you know, live it up before you're finally a professional. But like I said, it's a five, $7 million mistake that he made. Yeah. I, I think that's not, isn't that right. signing bonus for first overall, like $18 million or something crazy? It's I think ridiculous. that's what Joe, I think that's what Especially Joe if you're got. a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, okay, I do want to briefly touch on wide receivers because yeah. this is like if you look kind of mid late first round, this is typically when they kind of start going pretty much the top two on the board: Quentin Johnson uh, from TCU and then Addison from USC. Uh, do you have any preference towards either one of them? Obviously, I'm a little biased towards Quentin Johnson. Go Frogs! Come on, uh, go Frogs! But. Um, I, I think he's the big physical type that that plays really well. But um, in a system like I really look at the like the New York Giants, who have needed a wide receiving core of any any level, and they've always been partial towards the slot guys. So I think at that twenty five pick, I think they're favoring Addison. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't able to answer your question about who you know. You, her, who I think is going to fall. That's I, correct. I was, I was going to say, <laughs> it's a great segue. It's a great segue. I was going to go straight into Peter Skaronski because, oh, really? Because he's going to be a guard or a center in the league, right? And if you're yeah. a team drafting in the top 12, top 15, like drafting a center is not going to solve all your issues. So I think Paris Johnson is a lock to be above Peter Skaronski. Okay. I'll say that right now. I'll well, say that right prop now. for you. No, but another guy that I think is going to fall is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Mm. And it, it's like you said, I think there's no, like, he would be the superstar wide receiver out of this draft. But out of this top, top three, JSN, Addison, Quentin Johnson, we're looking at, like, you know, we might not even be looking at an X receiver there. We're looking mm. at someone in the slot. And that's not valued as high as someone that can play outside. And, you know, with all three of those wide receivers being 
in my opinion, graded relatively similarly. There's no reason to go out and reach for uh, JSN when if you don't get him, you can just go get Addison. You can go get Quentin Johnson. To answer your question, I think out of the two, Addison or Quentin Johnson, I think Quentin Johnson's, if I were to choose, I think it's scheme dependent. Mm -hmm. But Quentin Johnson has that incredible frame. I think Johnson, if you line him up with Amon Ross St. Brown in Detroit, Ooh. that's dangerous. And that's that Detroit's eight, got that's the 18. That eight, that's that 18 spot right there. Yeah, they've there. got 6 and 18. I think 6, they probably go defense. Um, I could also see them trading back a bit and going with Christian Gonzalez, the safety corner from, think, from Oregon. He, I, I think he's top 10. Re- oh, you don't think he's top I, 10? I, no, I think he's top 10. Okay, I do too. I don't think they fall that far, but I, I, I kind of like Detroit going and getting a DB in Gonzalez, Gonzalez. at 6. At 6, or even at 7, 8, if they decide to go back in, in Las Vegas. What if they, or get, what if they went out and get, because at that point, you're either going to have probably Tyree Wilson or Jalen Carter on the board. What if you line him up with Aiden Hutchinson? Oh, that's <laughs> rough. I, but at the same time, like Detroit's defensive line has been getting the job done, so obviously yeah. it would make a lethal, uh, a, a lethal front line. But like their issues they, in they, the passing yep, game, yep, they yep. need DBs. Like if you look at team needs, I think they would favor Gonzalez there. But um, man, that 18 pick would be yep. so clean with Johnson. Oh man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Christian Gonzalez. That's like, also, Devon Witherspoon, everybody has him above Christian Gonzalez. Really? I, yeah. Like, like uh, not everybody. Mm. I think every, I think everyone on like YouTube and Instagram has Christian Gonzalez above Devon Witherspoon. But all the draft boards have Witherspoon above Gonzalez. And I don't get it. Cause yeah, I think from the team limited, need. Yeah, from the limited tape I've seen, Gonzalez is that guy. I And... He's just, this, he's is, just this is this is big. Young. This is big for me as he's an Oregon Duck, and I watched him get cooked by Washington oh, yeah. this year. Oh yeah. So, I, like the fact that I'm saying Gonzalez could go high, I feel like that's pretty mature of me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a big statement coming from me. Okay. Um, another team that we have circled. Obviously, we want to talk about the Seahawks. They have five and they have twenty. So that's kind of an interesting pairing. Um, let, let's start with them, and then we'll get to the Bengals kind of later on. Uh, those those you know, late playoff contenders late in the first round. Um, but let's start with Seahawks at 20. If they go defense at five, do you think they go for a playmaker in, in the later end? Well, you talked about Detroit with them getting Gonzalez and then getting, uh, you know, Quinn Johnson or Jackson Smith and Jigba at 18. That's exactly what I want the Seahawks to do okay. at 20. I want someone to line up next to DK Metcalf. Oh. It, it's just, if, you, if you go Lockett, Metcalf, and then either Johnson, Addison, like especially Johnson, if you go Metcalf, Johnson, and then slot with Tyler Lockett and he doesn't have to run fades the whole time, that's that's it, it's, maybe it's, one of the best receiving cores oh, yeah. in, oh, in the yeah. league. Potentially outside of Cincinnati, right? It's 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 like I said before. It's a blessing and a curse to have three wide receivers that are so close to each other in talent. Yes, right. From from their perspective, if imagine if Quentin Johnson and Jordan Addison weren't in this year's class and next year's class, Jackson Jackson Smith and Jigwell would be top ten, easy, right? Guaranteed. Yeah. But the fact is, is that they're going to fall, and I think at around that sixteen to twenty five spot is an absolute steal for those three wide receivers and their incredible weapons. And like you said, lining them up with Lockett, with Metcalf, top five receiving duo in the league for sure. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's jump to another team. I know I said we would talk Cincinnati, but a team that's got a top 10 pick 
who is potentially the best team in the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles. They have 10 and they have 30. This is an interesting case because they've got so much going for them. It's hard to even see them like getting better through the draft. I wouldn't be all that surprised if teams are are looking to go up and, and trade into that 10 yep. spot. Trade a, like an like a established player. Yes. They lost some defense over this offseason, so I think I, I, I wasn't going to think this. I thought they were going to take a defensive player at that 10 spot, but now that you say it, I think it's more likely that they trade it for an existing player that can immediately plug in and play and they know yeah. what he's going to do. I think if if your inkling is right about Skaronsky, Skaronsky falling, if you give Skaronsky a year to learn under Jason Kelsey. You play in that guard spot right next to him? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, boy. That yeah, offensive line is already... Oh, yeah, you can trade down to yeah. maybe 12 with Houston, 11 with the Titans. Um, maybe Green Bay wants to go up there and get a better player as well. Green Bay kind of struggling now without Aaron Rodgers. I don't know yeah. what they're going to do. No idea. They're on a struggle bus. Them, they didn't even get that much in that trade. Oh, they, did they did not, not do they very not. well. They did not. Um, yeah, I look at this draft board and I look at Atlanta. I look at Green Bay. Now I'm getting kind of off to off topic here, but Green that's what Bay, we do. That's what we do. <laughs> Green Bay, Atlanta, New England, even like so many question marks that aren't going to get fixed in this draft, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be concerned for them moving forward. I would agree with you there. Um, so Eagles, very interesting. I would love to see them go against Skaronsky. I think that would be like l- remarkable. Um, okay, let's touch on the Bengals. Um, Offensive absolute juggernaut. Defensively, I feel like they got to go get someone who can disrupt. Right. Like, I feel like they're going to have to look for a defensive lineman. It's so good on the defensive line, this draft class. I think Bengals go that direction. Right. It's it's tough because we have this top tier of defensive linemen. Like we talked about Anderson, um, you know, Carter, uh, Tyree Wilson. But going down you know, these draft boards too, you got guys like Brian Brzee, you got guys like Lucas Van Ness that probably do fall to that spot. And I think like we talked about this before, but this is a super deep defensive lineman draft. And so someone to put next to Sam Hubbard in there on that defensive oh, yeah. line. I would love to see Sam Hubbard do it by himself. He's done it time and time again. <laughs> guy's a beast. What was it? Like a 96 yard fumble. I think it was even 99. 99. It was nuts. Yeah, yeah. No, was that crazy. was a cool play. But like, like a guy like Brian Brzee, a guy like Lucas Van Ness, I think doesn't fall to that position, but depending on what happens with Nolan Smith, might get down there. Um, but fully agree with you that it has to be something on the defense and probably that defensive line. There's no reason to change that offense the way it's going. Okay, let's, let's lastly touch on the Kansas City Chiefs because they've got the last pick in the draft at 31. A bit of an odd th- an odd ball as the Dolphins uh, lost their first-round pick for tampering. Hey, now. Um, but Kansas City, can they get better in that 31 spot? I absolutely say yes. Yeah. I think they've got all the pieces offensively, and somehow – Kansas City, more than anyone, just goes and finds like undrafted free agents, oh, yeah. plugs them in, like Pacheco, a receiving yeah. Pacheco, like the receiving back. And I don't know. I'm interested to see how Kansas City goes. I think DB, if there's one available, um, I like. There's no way Joey, Joey Porter falls that far. I don't think so. But um, early twenties is probably where he's going to be. Yeah, I'd say. But I'm. 
I don't know. I'm a little confused by what Kansas City would do there at 31. All right, I have a bit of an oddball pick here. Hit me. But Zay Flowers. Oh. At 31. He's a guy at Boston College who, playing at one of the worst programs in FBS, obviously doesn't get a lot of the attention. But guy graded super well at the combine. Incredible route running and the perfect target for Patrick Mahomes. Like Patrick Mahomes is able to make a bunch of kind of journeymen into superstars during that playoff run. Imagine what he can do with a raw guy with incredible talent and just needs that little extra step yep. like Zay Flowers. Hey, that would be sweet. And if Zay Flowers made it to Kansas City, I'm, I might put money on, on them. Really? Like injury, injury dependent, I think like minus – 400 Ooh. is a good pick for him. Ooh. That's, a <laughs> that's, bold a, take. that's a bold take. That's a real bold that's take. A bold take. But I, I like it. Or, I or, okay, I'm sorry, plus 400. Plus, plus 400. Well, 400. Yes, yes, yes. 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 I, I, mean, I knew plus, where you were yeah. going. I knew where you were going. Um, hey, I'm looking forward to this draft. It's yeah. going to be a fun one. Um, we're going we're gonna to be watching yeah. some hockey. We're going to be following along go with Leafs the draft. Go, go Leafs, go. And sure. Hey, how about the Kraken? Taking a 3-2 lead over the Avs. Love that. Doing what the Leafs can't do in their second year. Obviously. Obviously. I can't wait to come back here in these chairs and see how wrong we are. Oh, we're going to be awful. Yeah. We're going to be awful. <laughs> Anthony Richardson's going to fall the second round, and I'm going to be in yeah. shambles. But. We're going to have uh, you know Hayner up there in the top ten. <laughs> Scaronzi going to number two. <laughs> it may well happen, uh, but we appreciate you sticking with us. That's Ryan. I'm Tellier. We'll see you next time. That's how you feel. And the guys be like, asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh.